Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you that we're able to worship you this morning. Lord, right now we just pray that you'll open our hearts and our ears to what you want to say. Speak to us, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Wasn't worship incredible this morning? I love it. I said right at the beginning, I love Sunday mornings when we can gather together as the body of Christ, just giving our King all glory, honor, and praise. I love nothing more than that opportunity to gather together. I've been thinking this week about what to share, and God pressed on my heart so clearly what to say. So, if I say something you don't like, you can take it up with the big man this morning. I don't know about you, but I am somebody that always loses things. Have you ever lost anything? You know, your keys, your phone, your wallet. Now, there's one thing that I hate about losing things. It's the response of the people that you ask to help. You know, you're running around and it's all of a sudden you're desperately trying to find your keys and you turn to someone and say, hey, can you help me? Yeah, of course. And the first thing they say, we know what's coming. Where was the last place you had them? Well, duh, if I knew that they wouldn't be lost. Don't give me silly advice. If I knew where they were, they wouldn't be lost. So then I turn to them again and say, come on now, really help me. Where do you think my keys are? Can you help me find them? And we start looking together and we're looking around. They keep saying the same thing. Where was the last place you had them? Not helpful, please. Just keep looking. And all of a sudden, they start getting annoyed. Do you realize that? The people looking for your keys are starting to get annoyed at you. And I feel like saying, hang on a minute, they're not your keys. Chill out, all right? Don't get annoyed at me. They ain't your keys. <laughs> but we're looking around and we're trying to find them together. And all of a sudden, I turn to them and say, hey, look, we really need to find these keys. I'm late for a meeting. For anyone who knows me, I love to be fashionably late for a meeting. It's the way I roll. Not saying it's a good thing. But we're looking for the keys. Where's the last place you had them? Please stop saying that. Stop getting annoyed at me. Chill out. And all of a sudden, I turn to him and say, hey, look, this is really important. I find the keys. I need to go and visit Dorothy. And they're getting more annoyed and they're getting more frustrated. We're trying to find the keys. Well, where was the last place you had them? Why can't you remember them? Well, the thing is, when you lose your keys, is it's not really something that you continuously check on throughout the day. You don't always go back to your keys and think, yep, they're still in the safe place. You easily lose things. I do it all the time. And all of a sudden, we find the keys, and I'm off for my meeting. But you see, sometimes I think that we forget. When we get annoyed at people, when we start getting frustrated about these things, I think sometimes we forget the purpose of why we're looking for the keys. It doesn't matter that we can't find the keys. It doesn't matter that we're looking together. The thing that matters is that Dorothy is waiting for a visit. Dorothy, whose end of life still hasn't given her, her life to our Lord and Savior, she's waiting for a visit. And I think maybe we're the same in church. That sometimes we can get so focused on the what's and the how's that we forget the why. Why am I looking for my keys? To go and visit Dorothy. 
And I think sometimes together as the body of Christ across the globe, sometimes we can get so focused on the what's and the how's, how we're going to do this, what we're going to do, the way we're going to do it. And we have all these different meetings discussing these different things that we forget the reason why we're doing it in the first place. Why do we do Sunday mornings? Why do we gather together? Why do we have Southfield Elim Church? And it got me thinking, why do we do what we do? And when I was saying to God, God, is this really what you want me to speak on this morning? He pressed on my heart like never before. Yes, we need to come back to that childlike faith. Why do we gather together? Why do we have the lights? Why do we have the songs? Why do we meet? I mean, I love the building. I love the worship bands. I love the lights. I love that we've got heating that works here at Southfield. But it's not about the what's. It's about the why. And why do we gather together? Because we have a mission to go and make disciples of all nations. We gather together so we can sharpen one another, so we can stretch one another, so we can guide one another through the storms of life, believing that one person at a time, we are going to see victory. One person at a time, we are going to see the kingdom of God built in Yeovil. When I took the role here as pastor, one of the things I was most excited about was how fresh I was. I had no experience in leading a church before. I didn't know and I didn't understand, had never experienced the legalities of church. I'd never heard the hurtful words which can come from within your own congregation. I'd never seen the politics and the drive behind the what's and the how's. And you know, I'm proud of that. Because as we guide our way through, the thing that's leading us is the why. Why do we gather together? Why do we meet at Bible study groups? Why do we meet on a Sunday? Why do we do community events? Why do we do the storehouse? Why is to reach the lost. It's to make disciples of all nations. It's to see heaven come here on earth. It didn't matter that we're all looking to find my keys. What mattered was that Dorothy was waiting maybe to give her life to Jesus before he took her. Matthew 28, 16 to 20 says this. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Man, I celebrate that Jesus has given his life for us. I celebrate that we have been set free. I celebrate that we have the freedom to gather here every Sunday and worship our King, our Lord and Savior. But let's never forget the real reason why we've been put on this earth. To go and make disciples of all nations, reaching the lost and the broken, reaching the people that need him most. Let's think of it like this. Karen, can you sing me a song? Pick a song. Any song, just sing me a song. Put you on the spot, sorry. Got to turn your mic on. 
Hello? God, sing, sing us a song, any song, we're all listening. Um, <laughs> you split the sea so I could walk right through it. It's pretty good, isn't it? But what about if we give her a purpose? So now I want to sing, I want you to sing that song like you really mean it. I want you to sing it with passion. I want you to sing it like there is no more poverty in the world, that everyone has been set free and we're living in beautiful harmony. Sing it. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand and sing. you hear sing. the difference? When I put her on the spot asking her to do something, she sang it timidly quite shy. All of a sudden, when I gave her a purpose, when I gave her a passion, she could sing it louder. She could sing it with meaning. She could sing it with passion. I wonder if as a church, we get so busy focused on the what's and the ifs and the how's that we forget the passion of the why. Why are we reaching the lost? Why are we meeting together? And I just want to say today, simply, more than anything, Let's not get focused on the what's and the how's. Let's not get focused on what this place looks like. But let's ensure that our why, our passion, our purpose, our desire is simply to go and make disciples of all nations. If you have your pens with you this morning, this morning's title is Here to There. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, Here to There. Then turn to your second option and say, hi, second option, I'm going from here to there. And now they know you're the second option. Brutal. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, we are in Exodus 14. And many of you will know this as the, uh, the amazing miracle when God parted the Red Sea. Hallelujah. When he led the Israelites into freedom. You know, I was imagining what that would look like when Pharaoh said, you know what, you can go. I'm going to let you go through Moses. You go. And then all of a sudden, Pharaoh realized what he had said. He had lost all of his servants, all of his slaves. He had no one left to make him breakfast in the morning. And all of a sudden, he panicked and said, hey, I can't let them go. I need them. So he went in pursuit of them. He got all the chariots. He got all the officials. Together they marched after the Israelites who were already long gone. But all of a sudden they get to the Red Sea. And the Israelites have stood there. One side of them is this big Red Sea. And the other side of them is this army coming towards them. Can you imagine it? Man, if that was me, I'd be scared. Man, if that was me, I'd be thinking, what an is going on. We are going to die. Why did we listen to Moses? What the heck is he chatting about? He is so wrong. This is the end. Man alive, I wish we stayed in captivity. I wish we never gave up the past. Man, the past is so much better. Why are we moving forward? Why are we advancing when the past meant we could survive when the past was so good? Come on, jump with me to verse 10. It says this. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? 
What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And uh uh-oh, all of a sudden, they're questioning the freedom they're about to receive. I wonder if we do the same in church. I wonder if sometimes we hear ourselves saying, oh, the songs that we used to sing were so good. Oh, the way that we used to do things was so good. Oh, the past, man. I wish we didn't have to go through these turbulent times of change. I wish we didn't have to journey these things. Man, if only we could stay in the old. And it goes on, doesn't it? Verse 15, it said, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Let me read that again. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. And I wonder if sometimes we just need to simply move on. It doesn't mean the journey's easy. It doesn't mean it's nice. It doesn't mean that we don't face things that we wish that we could run in the opposite direction of. But sometimes we need to move on to find the freedom the other side. So when we're journeying from here to there, maybe we feel like here is so good. Maybe we feel like we have got the best church and there's nothing more that we can do. There's nothing we can do any better. This is the best it can be. Well, I want to tell you that there is still a there to get to. There is still poverty. There is still addiction. There is still racism. And as long as that is still out there, we cannot stop moving. And God is telling us to move on. Man, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's hard. It says in verse 16, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Hallelujah. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they go in after them. I'll gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, though his chariots and his horsemen. You see, the miracle is beautiful. The parting of the Red Sea when the Israelites can march through into freedom is great. But let's not forget the reason why that happens. We can so often focus on the miracles, the what's, the how's, the if's, and we forget the why. Why did the Red Sea split? So that his people could be set free. Why, was it, why did God say move on? So that his people could experience freedom. So they could journey into the promised land. And today, when I was thinking, when I was prepping, I felt God was saying, hey, look, don't be discouraged. Don't be disheartened. We are moving on. And I believe that there are so many people outside our doors that are waiting to meet Jesus for the first time. I believe that we can make a change in our workplaces, in our schools. I believe that we can see addiction levels come down. I believe that we can all live in equality and beautifully together. But it takes people who are hungry, willing, and ready to move on. Let's not become so focused on the miracles that we're desperately looking for. And let's focus on the why we're doing it in the first place. Why are we asking for God to split the Red Sea so that we can see freedom here in Yeovil? It must have been scary. It's 
Like, I can understand why they were doubting. I can understand why they were saying, take me back. I'll happily be a servant rather than die. I understand it. Boy, if only in that fear they remembered what they were promised. But praise the Lord for Moses who didn't give up. Who said, no, we are going to advance. We are going to stand firm. We are going to see victory. And today it's going to happen. Moses said in verse 13, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. And I think God agreed with everything that Moses said, apart from that last bit. You only need to be still. Because what did God say in return? The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. And sometimes we can be so content with the place that we're at. We can be so content with here and the way it looks and the way it feels and the way that we've experienced things for the past 20 years, 30 years, five months. We can be so content with that that we forget God is saying, hey, look, there's still a mission field. I've still got a purpose for you, so move on. And he splits the Red Sea and they're set free and now they're living in beautiful freedom. And why is that? It's because one, God promised freedom. And there's so many promises that he gives to me and to you today. And number two, it's because they did what he told them to do, to move on. Man, Jesus, not Jesus, Yeovil needs people who are willing to move on. Yeovil, the darkest parts of Yeovil need people who are willing to say, yes, I'm following God and I'm ready to make a change. I'm ready to stand firm and to move into the darkest places. It's time to move on. We only have to walk out the doors to see the brokenness that's going on around us. Yet we can still be so content with saying, I'm happy here. I love it the way it is. I remember saying when I first started, one of the first preachers I said is, I want to see Southall Elam Church get messy. And I remember saying that, I'm meaning it. Well, what do you mean I want it to get messy? Well, I want to see the broken and the lost find place in this church. I want to see the addicted come in and be set free in the name of Jesus. My prayer on a Sunday morning is as people enter those doors, that any chains that they carry will be left at the door and they will step into immediate freedom. But it requires us to be willing to move. It requires us to be willing to step into our workplaces and say, hey, I know you're really struggling. Why don't you come with me to church this week? There's somebody that I know from our congregation that is fantastic at bringing new people. And when they come on a Sunday morning, they would normally come up to me and say, hey, I want you to know that today this person is coming and they're bringing this person and this person. Wow, if we all had the desire to leave the 99 to move from here to there, what would our church look like? And yes, it's going to get messy. And yes, it's going to be a struggle. And yes, when we get to the point of saying, man, there's not enough seats for us to sit on anymore. But God will always make a way. Just like he parted the Red Sea, he will make a way so that we can make a change in Yeovil. 
so that we can stand firm and say, you know what, I want to see no more poverty. I want to see no more addiction. I don't want to see anyone else getting abused. I want to see no children struggling. I want to see an end to racism. When we stand firm, when we move on and we believe that, hey, we're going from here to there and we're going to see freedom, we will see change. So I want to finish on this. As I was reflecting on the why we do what we do, not focused on the what's and the how's and the ifs, And God was saying, hey, our mission, our purpose is to go and make disciples. It's to move from here to there, to being amongst the lost and the broken. As I was thinking, God pressed on my heart, hey, why don't you just look up the history of the church? Because we honor, love, and respect the history that has been in this church for many years. So I want to read this to you. And the reason I read this to you is because I am thankful for every single person that has served here before. Because they were willing to move. They had a desire to reach the lost and the broken. So George Jeffries founded the Elim Pentecostal Movement in Ireland in 1915. It's a long time ago. In 1928, in North Hill Farm, West Camel, an Elim church was planted which later moved to Yeovil, the starting of a Yeovil Elim church. Land was quickly purchased in Southfield and a new sectional building was erected on the site. I wonder if we could have the first photo. A building was erected. But you see, it wasn't about the building. It was great that we had a place to gather. It was great that we had a place to meet. And it was opened in 1929 with an estimated attendance of some 200 people. But then in 1962, the building was clad in brickwork and a two-story extension was added to the front. And they moved. They weren't content with what they had. They needed a bigger space and they were willing to move from here to there, to create space for the broken, to create space for the lost. They were on the move from here to there. And this allowed entrance halls, kitchens, and toilets. The following year, the neighboring house was purchased, and the two buildings were connected. During the 1970s, the plot of land on the corner of Southland and Sherbourne Road was purchased for use as a car park. In 1986, imagine this, the whole building was demolished. Can you imagine when the pastor said, hey, I think it's time to knock, I'm not saying that, just to clarify. I think it's time to knock down the building. Can you imagine, maybe it was like the Israelites, whoa, 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 we like it the way it is. (laughs) I ain't crossing the Red Sea, whoa, whoa, whoa. And maybe the majority of people were on board. In fact, they must have been because we're here today. But there would have been some people going, whoa, 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 that's my history. I like it the way it is. But somebody was daring enough to say, hey, we're going to knock it down and we're going to move from here to there. In 1986, the whole building was demolished to be replaced with a new building with the main entrance in Southfield. The new two-story building with part of the ground floor below ground was officially opened by Paddy Ashdown on 28th of November, 1987. Man, this church has been moving. 
This church has been going from here to there, believing that we are going to reach the lost. It wasn't focused on the what's and the ifs. And hallelujah, there is always logistics. And if you are a logistical person, we celebrate with you. We need you to move. But it's not all about the what's and the ifs. It's about the whys. Why are we here today to reach the lost? Why do we gather together to create a space to bring the lost into? Why do we host Bible study groups so that we can go deeper into what it really means to love and pursue Jesus? Why do we have worship nights? Because we just want to gather and we want to give all glory, honor and praise, joining the angels singing, holy, holy, holy. There's always a reason. But what's our mission? So as we journey from here to there, Let's remember that we are here to make a change, that we are here to stand firm and believe that Yeovil is going to be transformed, that we are moving from here to there just right, like the Israelites so that we can see freedom in amongst our people. Will you stand with me this morning? Band, do you want to come up? I want to let you into a secret. I've been talking a lot about the what's and the ifs and the how's. And some of you are probably thinking, well, what are the what's and the ifs and the how's? Well, some of us can get so busy focused on the numbers of a Sunday morning. Some of us can get so busy focused on the worship. Man, if the worship isn't great, how can we come and worship our God? (laughs) Some of us get so busy focused on the drama on the gossip, on the politics, on the how we do things and the why we do things. But actually, the real reason we gather together is to give our God glory, honor, and praise and to go deeper in the mission of reaching the lost. Our church, since it was founded, has been on the move from church to church, from place to place believing that the lost will be found. So as we step into this new chapter, as we've just celebrated the previous year, and as we unpacked all those things, and we celebrated in God's faithfulness to get us where we are today, let's stand united to say, hey, in this next season, we're moving from here to there. In this next season, as God commanded, we are going to move on. It's time to lay down the past. We celebrate in it and we thank God for the foundation we're on. But it's time to move in to where God is calling us. It's time to move in to a place of freedom. It's time to stand firm and say no more poverty. No more addiction. That this is a house where people can come in and receive Jesus and be transformed. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the mission that you've given us. Lord, in fact, we want to thank you that you died on a cross to set us free. Lord, we want to thank you that you rose again to give us freedom once and for all. But Lord, let us not forget the reason you came with the mission you had to tell us to go and make disciples of all nations. So Lord, we receive that today. Lord, I pray as a true Pentecostal church that you will set us on fire with the mission to reach the lost. Lord, I pray that you'll fill us with the Holy Spirit and lead us into the darkest places that you need us to be. And Lord, today we stand together as a church declaring that we're moving from here to there. And we will never stop moving 
until there is an end to the wickedness of this world, until you have returned to call us home. So Lord, put that passion on our hearts. Give us a desire to go deeper with you. Help us to lead people in relationship. In your name we say, amen.